You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Today is the day of love. I mean, if you're listening to this one airs on Valentine's Day, uh, which, you know, I don't know how, what the percentages of people that are listening when it airs versus not, but what, okay. Regardless, it is today, the day that this comes out, uh, is the day of love. And we just got to take a minute to share the immense love we have for you, our listeners. You are the reason the show exists and continues to grow. Like, I cannot even express my gratitude and thanks to you. Like it is truly a labor of love to do the show. And it blows my mind every single day. How many of you just show up for us and for the show. You tune into every single episode. You leave five-star reviews. You tell your friends and just you're overall the best freaking people on earth. And I just love you. And so I just want to express that on this day. Okay. Anyways, you get it. Today's episode is spicy. Hey, uh, if you're like, Lindsay, I know I read the title. Okay, great. Uh, we sat down for a fun lifestyle and relationship Q and a, and the questions you sent us are good. <laughs> Ironically, it's funny. We planned this episode randomly in our calendar and then decided later to make it a relationship Q&A based on the questions that we got. Uh, and we didn't realize until now that it's airing on Valentine's Day. So, you know, happy accident. But you're just getting us talking about sex on today. So well-timed. Go us. All right. Today, we get into questions like, how do you make a house a home? How do you cultivate godly sexual and emotional intimacy, intimacy with your husband? And how do you build healthy adult friendships and community in your lives? Guys, it's a good one, and we are so excited for you to hear today's episode. So if you are ready, I will hit play. Metaphorically, you will hit play. Well, you're, it's already playing. You get it. All right, let's go. Have you always dreamed of becoming a photographer, but you have just no clue where to start when it comes to operating an actual camera? Maybe you finally bought that fancy camera, or you've dusted off that old DSLR sitting in your garage for way too long. You pull out the manual, and everything just looks Greek to you. Yes, we have been there. And we vividly remember when we first started out as photographers asking anyone and everyone for help because we didn't know what to do or where to even start. Well, good news if that sounds familiar. Today, we are going back to the basics. If you are ready to create stunning, professional-looking work that you are dang proud of and actually know how the heck to operate your camera, download our free manual mode camera cheat sheet at theheartuniversity.com forward slash manual, and you'll be on your merry way to becoming an absolute pro in no time. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Hello, friend. Welcome to the episode. I'm I'm so excited for the spice. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) There's so many good things that we're talking about here. So let's dive straight on in. The first question was from Hillary, who said, how do you make a house a home? And I think... That's a damn good question. How do you... (laughs) I'm kidding. <laughs> I think this comes, I mean, obviously from, from, it could be from other things, but I had so many people asking 
us to talk about this when I was talking about it a ton when my husband and I moved into our like had to leave our beach dream home into our little like beach house and I shared a lot of like how when I moved in I was like this did not feel like home it just feels Uh like a house and I'm ready to make this feel like a home so I wonder if that's part of where it's coming from but either way it might be because I I feel like I don't know if I've publicly shared my my I want to say this nicely this Mm, no disgruntled no uh not distaste my discontentment maybe with with the house that we moved into in Florida Ooh, but I feel no, like an actual not. I feel like I haven't because I, I feel like an actual like friggin' just like complainer saying that because like we are immensely blessed like the fact that we live in a neighborhood like that like it's just like we are very freaking blessed yeah. to have the opportunities and and the the size of this house like everything about this house is such a blessing but yeah. I think there there can be truth in the in the dichotomy of like you can feel blessed but also you can you can recognize that there are elements of a house or a home that like are not that don't make your soul come alive right yeah. like and I think both of those things can exist I think I've shared it like once, but maybe not enough. Maybe by the time this comes out, I'll share about it more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's just a reality. It's like, it doesn't matter what your home looks like. It doesn't matter, you know, like where it is located. Like we're literally steps from the beach. And when I first moved in, I was like, this does, my heart is just not connecting with this home. Something yeah. feels like a disconnect. And so I don't think it matters like how big the house is, how small it is, how cute it is, where it's located. Like, yeah. I think there's just something to do. Like there's a home spirit that you want to cultivate in your home. And I think that's what we're going to talk about. So my first thought is the more you invest your heart into your home, the more it feels like a sanctuary and like a little haven. Yeah. That, I mean, that can look like, for me, a, a big part of like investing my heart into my home is like doing projects, like spending time investing into it. Like, uh-huh. hey, this little nook would look so cute. And I'm like dreaming over what the possibilities are and what it could turn into. And and that's like an one way that I invest my heart into my home. And it doesn't mean I'm trying to spend like tons of money on it. It just means I'm spending my emotional and mental energy on it. And like... Mm-hmm. And that turns it into some place that I'm like, I have poured my heart into this place and I can feel my heart when I like walk into it. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. Well, it's like, it's like you're more emotionally invested in your home because you've done projects to make it exactly what you want. Yes. I would also say another way to make your heart a home. No, (laughs) invest your heart in your home. That's what you said (laughs) Uh, (laughs) is to pray over it. I think or, that's the number one. Uh, yeah, that's obviously the number one because I think the spirit of the attitude that you bring into the house is so important. So like an example for me is when we first moved here, uh, the biggest issue I probably have with the house is it's open layout, which is great. I love an open layout, but the direction that our house faces means that all the South, like like the you get the best harsh light, direct light from the South. Right. And so our home, like it technically the front door faces south, but the front door is also where the garage is. So basically, like our garage gets all of the like beautiful, gorgeous, harsh natural light. And so it blocks off like a good fourth of the of the home. And so like all there's only like two windows in our living kitchen, dining room, like mega huge, like open concept space. And I I didn't think I that bothered me until we started living here for like 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 two weeks. And I, I started noticing, I was like, 
I would walk in. It also doesn't help that our doors don't have windows on it. We're just, we're slowly changing this, but that's part of, you know, the current moment. (laughs) Yeah. Also no furniture. It's a process, but, um, but like we have double front doors, which again, like that's such a blessing to have two front door. Like what the hell? Like two front doors, but there's no windows on them. So that, because all the harsh light is hitting that when you open it, like, so I would start coming home like in the middle of the day and it's bright light and it's like, it's like sunny. It's Florida, right? It's like sunny. And I would open my front door and it literally would feel like walking into a dark cave. Like that's yeah. genuinely. And so, and then I would like shut the door and like, it was just like dark, like, yeah. like darkness. And so I started noticing I like in my, like sharing with Andrew, I, I think I was, I thought I was trying to be vulnerable and share how I was feeling with him, but I think it turned into complaining. And yeah. I started like saying like, just like casually almost trying to be funny. Like I was like, oh my gosh, our, our house is a cave. Like, and I started using language like that. And something that Andrew like convicted me on, he was like, Hey, I, I want you to stop using language like that about our home. Yeah. Like, cause that's affecting, I like how I said this was prayer. And then I just used an example that wasn't quite, well, I'm getting there. <laughs> and so like, that was just something that I noticed in my heart of like, Oh, I'm, I'm consistently speaking negative words over my home. And that's a fact, like, I'm not, I'm not prayerfully and, and joyfully praying into like, Hey, like Holy spirit, come into this home, fill this home with joy, no matter what it looks like, even if it's dark, like genuinely, even if we never replaced the doors or, or never got skylights or anything like that, like what, how can we fill this house and make it a home with a positive attitude? Even if we don't technically change like, you know, renovation wise things that we ideally would want. And I think that helped a lot of just like praying into the home and really changing my attitude and my heart and the language also about how I spoke about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think something else is just even like in, in your mind, because your words come from your, your thoughts And so changing in your mind, how you think about your home, um, you know, for example, like with us, with, with moving into this beach house, we, we downsized by like, what was it? Like three fourths. Like we, we, we cut our living size into like significantly smaller. Um, and we went from like multiple bathrooms and like big showers and multiple bathtubs and, you know, all these things, whatnot to this little house that like the shower is the smallest, shortest, like dinkiest water pressure, like oldest, grungiest thing you've ever seen in your life. And I like, it's just that little, like something like that I could focus on and be like, I just hate this shower. I hate this bathroom. It's so tiny. I can barely even move in here. It's so old, blah, blah, blah. But instead, you know, I choose to think I am so grateful that we have a fireplace in this home that is so cozy and it's like real burning wood. And we can sit here and listen to the waves crashing outside of our window and have a fire crackling right here all at the same time. Like what a life this is, what a gift, like, and just thinking even those those thoughts every time, like taking every thought captive in your home of like everything that pops into your head. Like Lindsay, every time she walks in and is like, man, it feels like a cave. She's like, oh, but what a cozy cave I can turn this into. You know what I mean? Like even the tiny little, this is also also like such ironic. Literally this morning before 
we recorded this episode, we had a roofer come to give us like a quote on skylights or sky tubes. So it's just funny that, that, that so, so that yeah. might be changing, but in the meantime, you know what I mean? It's like, Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. this home is going to be so full of love and I get to raise my babies here and we own this and we're across yeah. the street from some of our best friends. And you know, like that, those like mental things I think are huge. And then I want to touch on super, super briefly, like going back to like praying over your home. Cause I think that is the number one thing. Um, something that Landon and I do with in our neat home that we move into, um, is the first thing before we ever like sleep in the home, before we ever do anything in the home, we walk around with, uh, oil and we like anoint, uh, over the doorways or like entryways over each room. And we just pray over the entire house and what that looks like. And I mean, you don't have to be fancy. We don't have any like special holy holy oil. (laughs) I I think when we anointed this house, we literally did it with lavender oil, like essential oil that I had. Like it was like nothing like crazy fancy. Um, it's just the act, I believe like the biblical act of like consecrating it to the Lord. And practically, cause I had people ask me when, when I shared that we were doing that, that just looks like what we just like, like put a cross over each like doorway. And it's just, it's representative of the biblical, um, you know, anointing the Passover, like all the things. Mm. And we just pray over each room, whatever kind of comes to mind. Like as we pray over the kitchen, we just pray for nourishment, both physically, emotionally, mentally, to be coming out of this house for a place where we can provide for friends and have meals and break bread with people that, you know, cultivates community and blah, blah, blah. And over the bedroom, we just pray for, you know, like intimacy in our marriage and rest and like, you know, prophetic dreams that God would just encounter us as we're sleeping. And maybe we don't even realize that we've just, you know, had a dream with the Lord and and something shifted in our hearts, but it does like those types of things, like just praying over our home for peace and joy and um, his presence to be there. So I think that honestly, that's the number one thing. And then on top of that, there's practical things like, you know, if you, if you don't like something about your home, if you, whether you're renting or buying, I guarantee there's, there's ways that you can change something on a budget without doing anything too crazy. You just have to be creative and be willing to invest some of your time and your energy and your heart into your home. Amen to literally all of that. I love the oil thing that you just said. We did something similar to not this house. We should have done that to this house. Maybe we could still do that to it's this house. It's not too late. Do I know. Like, I'm like, I need that in this <laughs> house. When we were building our Kansas house, uh, like we wrote Bible verses over the studs and did, we didn't use oil, but we basically went through the house and like, yeah. um, basically prayed into each room specifically on what the season of life would have for us. So I love that. And I think huh. just to kind of end this question, inviting the Lord into your home in every capacity. And obviously a practical way to do that is like praying over it, every single room and everything like that. But I also think another way to invite the Lord into your home, but also to have the perspective of making a house a home is inviting people over and and being willing to host people, whether it's dinners or game nights or just like, you know, letting people stay or whatever before it feels perfect. And I feel like a lot of like women can relate to this of feeling like, oh, I'm never going to let anybody see my house until it's fully put together. And if you always have that mindset, like even when you technically have quote unquote, like things put together, I feel like you're still going to have an unsettled spirit of like, oh, 
things still like, oh, like they're still messy. Or like, you know, when you like go over to someone's house for dinner and they like apologize immediately and you're yeah. like, fine. Um, so I would just like encourage to like really put a halt to that type of spirit and really like work with the Lord to like encourage people to come over and to host, even if things are not perfect. Yeah. Um, Cause I think that also like people and community bring life and, and bring a, a sense of, of joy into a place. And I think even if it's technically quote unquote unfinished, or you don't feel like it's quite a home yet, I think that helps the process. And I think that's also a process of, of letting the Lord into your home yeah. in that way as well, by just like having fruitful communion and, and community and fellowship in the home as well. Yeah. Amen. I love that. Mm. Ooh, okay. So next one. We have a lot, wow, turns out we had a lot to say about the home, but now we have a lot to say about more stuff. Okay. <laughs> this one, this one I feel like is almost like, whew, this could be an entire episode topic. And maybe we should do an entire episode topic on this because this is almost what Brooklyn's question. Let me just read it. There's two parts to it. Uh-huh. So she said, what does it look like to have godly emotional and physical intimacy with your husband? So we kind of took this because that is such a meaty like topic that I feel like we could cover for an hour and a half in and of itself. Like yeah. talking about the emotional intimacy and the physical intimacy and those do two hands down overlap very much so. But I think we kind of chose to focus a little bit more on like the like sexual side like the physical well, we have stuff here that we wrote down about yeah because they because they because they, they go hand in hand in some ways you know we, like, we do we do let's start with the sex though that's what everyone wants okay <laughs> but yet, like i feel like this is not an all-encompassing like oh, yeah no well this, nothing we say is all-encompassing guys well especially on a q a episode but yeah. i just wanted to say that like if you walk away from this and you're like, well, there's a lot more you could say about emotional intimacy. I'm like, yes, there's a million more things yeah, you could say I, about I would all say kinds of things. Then you start a podcast to so the person thinking that. And you share also. Okay. Okay. The more the merrier. Okay. <laughs> yeah, literally the more the merrier. Okay, let's get into it. I'm excited. I think to start... Oh man, there's like literally... I know we have notes, but like there's literally so much to talk about with <laughs> physical intimacy or 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 emotional intimacy, like all of it. Yeah. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is having healthy communication about absolutely everything, sex included. Uh, I would almost argue sex, even like, like most of all, maybe not most of all, but like uh, up there on the list. Like, yeah. Like sex isn't one of those things that you should be like, Oh, mom's the word. Like, no, no, no. Talk about it. No, (laughs) no. Like mom has got to go out of the conversation. Like, (laughs) Like, I, I just, I thought I was making a joke. Is that a joke? I don't want to hear I thought that was funny. Is anybody laughing? Okay. We don't know. Um, basically talk about sex. Like if you are married and you are, whether it's, you're having a good sexual relationship or a bad sexual relationship, like talk about it. And like, obviously I'm talking about, talk about more than everything or more than just sex, but I think healthy communication, like if I could break down the number one marriage tip, it's to literally communicate about absolutely everything and yeah. over communicate and make sure that expectations are being shared or like disappointments are being shared, like literally all of it. Because yeah. the second you start, stop communicating and stop hiding or start hiding things, it, whether it's intentional or not, it, bitterness starts to like take root and, and resentment starts. And that's just where I think that leads to like, you know, relationship corruption. So yeah. Talk about everything. Talk about <laughs> everything. Um, yes. Like, yeah. like literally we, I thought this was a funny pun. Talk about sex expectations. 
I think that's No, funny. I literally, I wrote on our show notes, I literally was like, talk about sex expectations. And Evie literally goes, delete, space, delete, and se- <laughs> goes, sex expectations. I go, that's funny. Um, but like, like, get as detailed as you can of, you know, talk, whether whether this is before you get married or, you know, um, start having sex or whatever, or, or in the midst of marriage, you can be like, how often do I want it or, or especially, need it? especially after you get married? Like yes. obviously that lead up to like having, you know, the, that expectation, but like continual because yes. sometimes these expectations change. Oh, absolutely. Like there are seasons and, and different things. Somebody's more stressed out. Somebody just had a baby. You know, like there's just like different things like yeah. talk through it all the time, but how, you know, how often are you wanting it or expecting it? When is a good time for for that person? Like maybe maybe they feel the most relaxed in the mornings and at nights they're just so exhausted. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe in the mornings they're like feeling this pressure to like get up and go do stuff and they hate morning sex and they would prefer to have it in the evenings, like or or spontaneously in the afternoons. Like talk through like yeah. when is the best time? Lindsay, do you have a couple others? I would say like I mean, genuinely, this sounds weird saying this like out loud on a podcast, but like genuinely like having the conversation of like, how could I best turn you on? Or is there anything that I could do to turn you on better? Like having, I mean, that's just like open and honest communication in a marriage. Like talk about it, talk about it. Um, I would also say like, if one of us isn't in the mood, how are we communicating that? Like, like in the moment? Yes. But like also before that moment comes, how can you talk about what to do? If yeah. you aren't in the mood, like, or for, you know, whatever reason, I would, yeah. I would say th- those are really good questions to ask as well. I think those are the expectations, the questions. Yeah. I think I want to like throw in, in here something like kind of touching on just the emotional intimacy side of things. Cause emotional and physical intimacy go so hand in hand, but yeah. in some ways too, there's also like an element of like, yeah, you talk through sex expectations, but also like something that I think is really healthy in marriage is for, for the, you to each check in with each other, you know, regularly outside of the whole sex expectations mm-hmm. and, and be like, Hey, how are you? Like, are you feeling connected? Are you feeling, I don't know. Are you, how can I serve you this week? Those are questions that Lana and I'll ask each other. How can I, can, what can I do to make you feel loved this week? Is yeah. there anything I can do to take pressure off your plate this week? Um, how can I, you know, like make something fun for you this week. Like those questions of just, hey, I'm here for you and you're my best friend and I love you more than anything in the world. So what can I do to love the heck out of you this week? Is there anything special that I can do? Is there anything you're stressed about that I can help you with? Is there anything, you know, I could take off your plate? Like that is going to build such trust between you two and yeah. such a like an open connection of like, oh, they're in this like, together. We're in this together. And obviously that just leads to such beautiful, like teamwork and friendship and connection, which then obviously plays into your, your sexual intimacy as well. Amen. That's so good. I would also say on the topic of sex specifically, don't be afraid to have fun. Like I I think especially, especially from the Christian perspective, if you, if you grew up kind of being told that sex was bad, which obviously like within the biblical context of marriage, the Lord intended it to be, you know, within marriage, which is why like people say it's bad. They, they are just meaning that it's quote unquote bad outside of marriage. But that's, I, I feel like that when it gets transitioned into marriage can almost leave like some baggage that if you don't resolve can, can start causing some issues. Um, so I would like encourage to increase sexual intimacy, 
have fun, play around. Like, yeah. like, especially for husband and wife, like when you're married, like try new things, get creative, have fun with it, explore each other walls. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> did, like, I would even say like read books together about sex, like it, increase your sexual education together and, yeah. and make it a bonding experience that is fun and intimate and connecting in, in even in that. Yeah, I, I I think this is obvious, but I just want to clarify this. When we say read books about sex, we mean like healthy Christian books about godly sex. We're not talking about like smut. Oh, uh, yeah, no, yeah. literally, I meant I meant like, <laughs> I meant, like <laughs> sheet music. I meant like sheet music or like intended for pleasure. I meant like yes, yes, intended for pleasure. Correct. We have yeah, no nation. I knew I knew what you meant, and I thought it was pretty clear and pretty obvious. But I was like, just in case anyone thinks that we're suggesting that people. <laughs> Digs no, like <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I, just, I literally the, the, if someone thought I was like saying like read smut with your husband, not what I was meaning. Although I will say, I will say, I would. This isn't really smut. I mean, well, you could argue. Uh, I started reading a Colleen Hoover book back in like freaking May, I think. It was called All Your Perfects, and I literally it was on our sabbatical. I literally could not. I kept gasping, and I was like, Andrew, I need to talk. I need like this book is just tearing me apart. I was like, I need to talk with it about you, or like talk. And I was only like three chapters in. And so I read a chapter and I was like, oh my gosh. And then I got him hooked. And so then the remainder of the book, I read out loud to him. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. <sighs> it was a good story though. It wasn't just, I mean, there was like a sex scene in there, but it wasn't, okay, moving on. That wasn't was, the point of the- totally irrelevant based on what yeah. we're actually trying to talk about. <laughs> when I said read sex books together, I truly mean like- Godly like, educational. Godly educational sex books like sheet music or intended for pleasure. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Okay. A few things on like, like I guess the, the emotional intimacy side, which will play into the physical intimacy side of things that I think is huge is especially as women, because obviously that's where Lindsay and I are coming from, but, but honor your husband. Like, Honor your spouse, period. And we're coming at it from the female's perspective. Honor your husband. Do not talk badly about him to your friends, to your mother, to your sister. Do not put him down in front of his friends. Do not bash him because you think it's a good joke that your friend will laugh at. Like honor him in everything that you do. Mm. In everything that you do, how can I uplift this man in front of my friends, in front of my family, and give him the the honor that he deserves as the most wonderful human in the world. Like come at it from that perspective. Even if there's imperfections, there always are. Even if, you know, he said something frustrating this morning and you're just dying to call your bestie and be like, you won't believe what Landon said. Like <laughs> you won't believe. I, I, I cannot tell you. That's something that actually I feel very strongly about. Do not bad talk, bad mouth, your spouse to, to your friends yep. or, or even family members, in my opinion. I, I mean, unless, of course, this is all barring like abusive situations. Right. That's that a is whole a totally other. different scenario, scenario. What I'm talking about is like... Oh, you just venting. Yes. Like, yeah. Like yeah. Landon, Landon didn't get me the cookies I wanted at the store. I'm going to call my mom. <laughs> like, you know what I, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I... That is what a therapist is for. That is what a marriage counselor is for. That is what your personal marriage mentor is for. Yeah. Those are the people, those are the safe places where you can call and be like, I am, I don't understand what he's thinking right now. Can you like, 
here's this, can you help me process this? Like there Mm -hmm. are safe places for that kind of communication where you're open and honest and you're able to have a vent. And then a godly person can come in and be like, Hey, I'm so sorry. You're feeling that way. You're dead wrong here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Like those are, there's healthy situations for that, but your, your girl gang brunch over mimosas friend chat is not the spot for it. In my opinion. (laughs) Men literally could not agree more. I I, ironically I feel like I wrote that on the list, but you were like, oh yes, I agree. I was like, let me go off. No, that was good. That was good. (laughs) The other thing I would add to, well, no, I feel like you hit that topic. Another way to increase emotional intimacy, I think, is to pray together. Um, whether that's like a routine that you do every morning or every evening or something like that. I think especially as spouses, that can be something that is so holy and so sacred, just inviting the Lord into your, into your marriage and into your communication, into your relationship, all the things, um, together. So I think that's one way. I also think using, I feel statements. I feel like, I feel like maybe we've talked about this before, but I think we have, instead of like, I continue, continue. I'm pulling up the episode. It was like healthy communication or something. Continue. Like, but it was like one of the first episodes we ever did. Okay. Anyways. If you are loving what you're hearing on today's episode, then we wanted to share something else you might love. The Heart Shop. It's our digital resource online shop for creative entrepreneurs. The Heart Shop is your one-stop shop for all of our online courses, luxury website templates, PDF guides, social media graphic templates, and illustrations. If you've been at your wit's end with your website design and you don't know where the heck to create a high-quality pricing or welcome guide to give your clients an incredible branded first impression, ooh, we got you. (laughs) We created The Heart Shop to serve you with the best tools and resources you need to successfully run your business. Just head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash shop and start browsing the goods. That's theheartuniversity.com forward slash shop and we'll see you there. Want to know what both Evie and I use for our skincare? Our absolute favorite non-toxic skincare products are without a doubt Primally Pure. Yes, if you've been searching for a natural, non-toxic skincare company, you can actually feel solid about using, knowing that the ingredients won't harm you and are derived from nature, then I'm not joking when I say that you need to try Primally Pure. Evie and I have been using Primally Pure for our skincare for a couple of years now, and we are legit in love. Like, we love that every product has minimal, safe, all-natural ingredients that, I'm not joking, smell divine and make our skin look and feel healthy and beautiful. Yeah, some of our favorite products that we've used from Primally Pure are their charcoal deodorant, the cleansing oil, their lavender complexion mist, and their clarity serum. Like, Every freaking product of theirs, we're not kidding, knocks it out of the park as far as quality and making our skin feel incredible. For 10% off your order, you can use code HEART and HUSTLE, that's all caps, no spaces, at checkout using the link in our show notes. We know that you're going to love Primally Pure as much as we do. Again, that's code HEART and HUSTLE for 10% off your order today. Basically, if you're ever in a conflict or an argument with your spouse, instead of just attacking the other person and saying like, well, you did this, well, like back up and say, like, instead of like attacking them by saying you did this, say, I feel, you know, hurt because from my perspective, you like, I I felt hurt when you, you know, shut the door or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of flipping it versus like coming at each other, not listening to each other's like, you know, heart. And it's just Mm -hmm. basically trying to get your opinion brought forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think using, I feel statements is, is key yes. and it actually helps you understand where the other person is coming from and where they, wh- how they're feeling. 
Yep. Uh, it's episode 18. So way at the beginning. Oh, gee. <laughs> Five ways to cultivate healthy relationships. And I'm pretty sure we talked a lot about communication and different things in there as well. I think we definitely did. I love it. Well, um, right. I think just recognizing the, the the need for consistent connection, it doesn't have to be like, oh, we take a, a six-month trip every year together and like just spend time like getting to know each other. You know, like it doesn't have to be anything like super crazy, but but being like, hey, I spend intentional time. Like after the kids go to bed, our phones turn off and it's me and my spouse. Or yeah. like, hey, you know, we take Saturdays, and if you don't have kids and Saturdays are our days and the world doesn't have access to us, or maybe Sundays, the, the world doesn't have access to us. We don't hang out with friends. We just spend time with each other. We go do a fun date night. We, you know, whatever it is, like spending like regular time building connection and intimacy together and like focusing on your relationship, I think is, is huge. Like do things together that you love. It doesn't even have to be like a whole date day, just like... Mm find things that you love doing together and do them together. Like build yeah. the team, build the the connection. And then, I mean, I'm a big fan of regular date nights, but I know it's a lot easier for, for us who don't well, have kids yet. Okay, well, as the designated mom on this podcast, <laughs> I can say I would agree with that. Like I would it, it highly encourage to make it a priority, even if you do have kids, to try as hard as possible to make a weekly date night. Even if even if you don't live anywhere near family that can watch your kids and you don't have friends that can watch your kids and you have money to hire a babysitter, like even if we're at the like at the hey, we've used all excuses, we cannot, then put your kids to bed at like 7 p.m. and and on Friday nights like have a late dinner, right? Yeah. Like you can feed your kids Cheetos and then put them to bed. No, you go, whatever. <laughs> um, but like, <laughs> like your kids don't always have to eat with you is what I'm saying. Well, like, yes, you can also like have dinner. I'm thinking like have dinner with, as a family and then you guys have like dessert and wine. Dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Things get a little uh, sweet. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically like make a date night, even in your home after the kids go to bed, um, is what the principle I'm saying. But obviously, yes, if you, if you can like have a, a, an actual date night, whether family can watch them, a babysitter can watch them, or you do like a, a trade with some friends and it's like you trade date night. I think that's a great idea too. But yeah. I think that's something that's so helpful for emotional intimacy and helping a marriage continue to thrive is like trying as hard as possible to maintain that weekly date night. And like, you know, flirt with your spouse and, and yeah. just like encourage that type of behavior that you kind of probably did in dating still after marriage. Yes. Yeah. Something else, this, I think I shared this. I know I shared this on Landon and I's podcast that we did shortly after we got married. I don't remember how quick it was, like two months or so after we got married, we were still very much the newlywed. And we talked about like our transition and kind of like into intimacy and getting married and all that stuff. Um, and so I shared that this there, but I also want to share it here. And, and I, I have no idea if other people do this. So this might just be me, me and I might be weird, but it has been so huge for me. Invite the Lord into your intimate moments. Like if you know, you mean, you like, mean sexual intimate moments, correct? Yes. Okay, yes. yes. Like if I know that, that my husband and I have been flirting with each other, like all day preparing for like some spicy time later, like I begin to pray into our intimacy for that night. Like I begin to like, just invite the Lord in to be a part of it. Like I ask him to bless us and our sex life and our marriage and our, our future and like our, our family and our like legacy. And I just like literally God designed sex 
and I want him to be a part of it. Like it is yeah. a form. I believe it is a form of worship that he gave to us that yeah. is like so beautiful. And I like this might sound weird. I said this on the other podcast, but I also often turn my attention to the Lord in Thanksgiving, like after intimacy, like mm-hmm. I like I'm in my husband's yeah, arms. The heart posture. In that yes. moment, you mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm like, like in my husband's arms and I'm like, God, thank you so much for this man. Thank you for this gift of like intimacy. Thank you for this insight into like how close we're supposed to feel with you. Thank you that like, I get to love this man forever. Like there's just so many things that, you know, I don't know. I just like, what a gift, what a gift marriage is, what a gift this man is, what a gift sex is. Like, I, I don't know. I just, this was really especially helpful for me the first couple of months of marriage when I was like transitioning from like Lindsay, you said that whole like, no, 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 like sex mindset around sex of like, no, 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 bad to like, go, 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 holy. Um, that was like okay. <laughs> the, rhyming, the rhyming of that. Okay, continue. <laughs> uh, that was just a big part for me of like inviting the Lord in. I was like, okay, God, you know, like this feels a little weird and a little like awkward and shameful and whatnot, but you said it's good. You said it's holy. You designed this. So I'm going to mm. invite you in. And it just like broke all barriers for me and was huge. So that's a big thing for me as well. I love that so much. Oh man. I would say in addition to um, the the flirting, like, cause I feel, I, I mentioned that earlier. I would like flirt like heck with each other. Like, like men. flirt. Like, like flirt it up. Yes, like you are teenagers up. who cannot keep your, your pants up. Like flirt it up. <laughs> You just rhymed. Well, you rhymed up with up, but that was still iconic. Um, Like some idea, like leave sexy little notes for each other or whisper in his ear as he heads out to work or or it doesn't have to be heads out to work. Like literally anything like smack each other's butt. Okay. Don't make this, Ali. Don't make that the, the, uh, quote. But like basically what we're saying is like, and to encourage like a healthy, fun, like, sex life and emotional intimacy, like keep things fun and flirty and, and don't be afraid to do that. Cause I think when that, when you don't have that, things can get stale or things can get just like, it almost could feel like, like sex is a chore when it's not fun anymore, you know? Um, and so I would just encourage you to like do exactly what Evie just said, which is like pray, pray into it and like, thank the Lord in Thanksgiving during those moments, but also like, have fun with it and, and flirt and be, mm-hmm. I almost think that that goes, uh, kind of along the same lines of what you said earlier, Evie, of just like, how can I serve you today? How can I like take things off you? Like serving your husband in that way of yeah. like, it, it's serving, but also like thinking of him yes. and how can you like think of him and like entice him and, and turn him on and like have fun with it. Oh, heck yeah. How can I seduce my husband? Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> always on that game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. As I sit here in like baggy sweatshirt and like, no, no makeup. It's a batch podcast day. So (laughs) it's fine. I I literally, I just thought that was ironic as I was, I was like, oh yeah, I'm always on the game of how can I seduce my husband? And I'm like, well, not exactly this moment, but (laughs) (laughs) oh, anyways. All right. Uh, book recommendation. I feel like we, we said the book recommendations, but sheet music and intended for pleasure are ones that we've read and highly recommend. Yeah. Um, there are also some like sweet apps too, that can help you kind of keep things spicy and fresh. One that I've downloaded before. I haven't used it a ton yet. Um, but I've liked what I've seen is intimately us. It has date ideas, 
Uh, it has daily challenges for like deepening your marriage. It has sexy bucket lists. Um, Wait, that's funny. I've never heard of this. This is great. It's like got reminders for like checking in with your spouse. It has reminders to send them like uh, like a little, you know, spicy text, you know, just different things. There's like all sorts of different ideas within this app. So, and I, I believe if I remember correctly, I believe it's a Christian app. Everything that I've seen so far is like really solid. So there's, there's ways there's, there's apps, there's books. I recommend definitely love that. reading some books to just like dive into, okay, how did God design this? How can we like deepen and strengthen our intimacy together as a married couple? Amen. I think that's all we have. Again, we could talk about this for like literally so much more, but we have one more question that we have to fit into this episode. So let's go. This one comes from Kiri. It says, how do you build community and healthy adult friendships? This is another one that I feel like we could have an entire conversation (laughs) on. But I I would say just to start off, I think when, when, I feel like you have to do more work when you're an adult to find really healthy, good, strong friendships than you had to do, you know, growing up in elementary, middle, high and college. (laughs) I didn't say whatever. Uh, You get it. Um, (laughs) Like you have friends and you have like school and you have classes and you have clubs and sports and like friends are almost like a part of that environment. Whereas Mm -hmm. when you're an adult, you then like start having families, but then you, you go to work and then you go home. Like you have to almost get more creative, uh, in like the community space to seek out healthy relationships in like adult friendships. So that's my first thing is like, I would seek them out. Like you have to actively like strive to, to make them. And obviously like, I mean, social media, it has been a huge blessing. I feel like with this, especially in my adult life. Um, yeah, that's how me and Evie literally met was social media. But, um, I think other ideas is like get plugged into a church, into a small group or like community activities, join a book club, go to a gym, like join a gym class. Like there's so many things that you can do that put yourself out in a community. And like when you're in those situations, I think you almost have to be intentional, especially if you're like an introvert or you just, you're not the person that is is easily going to, you know, walk up to someone. I I mean, I I think it's hard to like continually go places and then just like expect people to come up to you. You almost have to put in that effort, I think equally, which can be scary. I feel like, especially if that's just not something you normally do, but I would also, uh, pray about it. Like, like ask God to bring you healthy friends, ask God to put friends that are just rich and life-giving into your sphere. But I think at the same time, as you're asking that, like, try to be the friend that you want, try to be the healthy, rich, like, and when I say rich, I don't mean like monetarily. I mean, like, life-giving. Yes. Um, <laughs> but like, cause that could probably sound bad if it's like, okay. Um, no. Take it um, out of context. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but just like, try to be the friend that you seek to have. And I yeah. think friends like that will, y- you will naturally gravitate towards yeah. them or yeah. they will gravitate towards you either or. <laughs> yep. Um, I think, you know, outside of just meeting them, like how do you cultivate that? Like how do you build healthy friendships? Like, carving out time is necessary. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not like when you're kids and you're like, oh, I'm off school. Okay, let's run out to the neighborhood and like play. Like y- it takes a bit more intentionality. It can be really tough to make time for phone calls, FaceTimes, hangouts when you have a business to run and kids to take care of. But it is so crucial to be available for friendships and community is so huge. So one thing for me is like really setting aside time, like actually scheduling it into your calendar to grab coffee with a girl from church or to go thrifting with your neighbor or to FaceTime a long distance friend, um, 
to have a kid's park play date with a fellow mom. Like schedule those things in, actually make time for it. And maybe, you know, you do that consistently. Like every week you say, okay, Saturday mornings, I will have some sort of community, something. Whether that's like a girl's, like you have a girl's Bible study on Saturday mornings, or it's something that you're like, no, every Saturday looks different. Um, some days I get a group of girls together to go thrift. Some days we go out and we hike. Some days, you know, I'm just hanging one-on-one with somebody and invite them over to my home and make them like tea and lunch or you know, like whatever it is. Like is maybe that's a consistent thing that you set aside time for. Maybe it's just something that you're like, hey, where can I fit this in? Okay, great. A week and a half from now, let's grab coffee. But I think that's one thing for me, especially as somebody who tries to be very like intentional with my time and has a lot on my plate not kids yet, but there's, I feel like somebody could be like, you don't even have kids yet. You have a lot on your plate. Um, but, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like that, that level of like, I want to make sure this is just as much priority for me as a business meeting is, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, no, that's really good. I think just making time for it. I think that's like such a good, cause in addition to like the same concept of like going out of your way to find those friends, it's going out of your way to then continually cultivate that. Have you seen that meme? Everyone's seen this meme of like, where it's like adult, adult life is just saying, Hey, I can't get together this week. Can we do it next week until you die or something like that? Where it's like, it's very true, which is like, that's what you're fighting against when you're trying to cultivate and build friendships. But I think, I think just this attitude of making time for it and then not expecting the fret, your friends to always be the one to initiate. Like you Again, like I said before, like be the friend that you want to have. Go out of your way to invite the friend to go thrifting, to invite the friend over to say, hey, do you want to come over for coffee in the afternoon while the kids nap? Or, you know, like I have a pack and play. You can put your kid down and and nap here while we have like a girl chat or whatever. Um, I think think you also have to be willing to put yourself out there in a way and, and not like be afraid of rejection in the sense of like, if somebody says, Hey, I can't today, I'm busy. That's not a personal attack on you. They're probably genuinely busy. Um, and I, I feel like most women and moms probably get that because it's that life is busy. Um, but I think it's just also so helpful to, to really be intentional about that community and about facilitating that, um, type of conversation and, and those relationships as well. Yeah. I think like at the end of the day, something that, I think really creates rich friendships is like being servant hearted. Wow. I said that so weird. Being being servant hearted and like looking out for your friends of like, when, when, I don't know when, when they had a tough week, just bring by a meal. Don't even ask them. Just bring by a meal and be like, Hey, here's some chili. I just cooked an extra batch for you. Like while I was making our dinner, freeze it or use it tonight, whatever would be a blessing. Or like when you, they remember your birthday or like you remember their birthday and plan like a girl's night for the two of you. Or when like you offer to take your kids for a day. So like their kids for a day, so they can like finish up that work project. Like there's just something so deep and bonding and rich in that kind of friendship. And I'm like personally constantly striving to be better and better at that myself. So I don't know. That's just something that I wanted to mention that for me takes a friendship from like, Oh, I like you to like, Oh, we're doing life together. Like this is life and we are in it together. Like that shift of like, Hey, how can I just live life with you. You had a tough week. Here's a meal. You need help with the kids. I got them like, and obviously boundaries and everything. But I think that's the difference for me of like kind of the superficial friendships 
not that those are ever bad. Like I guess the surface level, not superficial, but surface Uh level, like we're acquaintances. We like each other. We like hanging out versus the women that I'm going to call and be like, yo, this week, man, like help. Um, yeah. Mm. So that's That's just something I wanted to throw out there too, is like, like Lindsay said at the beginning, if that's also the kind of friendships that you're looking for, those deep, rich, like deeply rooted doing life together friendships, you have to be the person that you also want to find, like be the friend that you want to find. So if you're just at that surface level, you just met somebody, you're like, I really like them. I think we could get there. And they, you know, you notice that they post on Instagram that they had a really tough week, take them a meal. You know what I mean? Like those, the start taking those steps. Yeah. If you know their birthday's coming up, be like, Hey, I'd love to throw you a girl's night hang. Like, you know, take those steps to become that friend for them and just kind of set the tone of like, this is how I want our friendship to be. This is the, this is the life I want to do together. Mm, that's so good. I, I can't, I haven't read this book, but I actually, I kind of want to know if you have, you like the listener, not you, Evie. Uh, well, unless you, Evie have read it, maybe you have, uh, <laughs> Finding Your People, I think, by or Find Jenny Your People Allen. by Jenny Allen. Is it Finding or Find? Find Your People. Find Your People. Um, I haven't read it, but I've heard a lot of friends talk about it on a very similar topic to this like situation um, that it was helpful. I mean, I can't give it as a recommendation if I haven't read it. Well, Evie, have you read it? No, but it's okay. on my list and I've heard great things too, so... Yeah. So let, let us know if you've read it. Uh, and if that would be, a, I'm just shooting in the dark, assuming that it's an applicable part of the conversation for this topic, um, just based on people's, what they've said, but I, I would love to know if, if you've read it as well, but, uh, that's what we got for today. This was a, a meaty one, even though there was only three questions, we really dive deep into quite literally <laughs> all of them. But if you loved this conversation, especially more of like a girl chat, like relationship, sex, home living lifestyle type of conversation, then let us know if you want to do more or want us to do more episodes like this. Um, and continue to like ask questions like this in our Facebook group. Obviously the link is in the show notes. Uh, these questions came from like listeners. And so, uh, we, we love them and we love, we just love you guys for listening and being here and being a part of the show. So thank you so much. As always, share this episode. If you thought it was spicy, yay. Um, And if you got a lot out of it, uh, feel free to tag us in your stories or just DM us um, at The Heart University. Like we love to connect with you and talk with you and just fellowship even more with you. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye.